Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Matcha Diaries which I feel so weird doing this intro alone because as you might be able to tell by now I'm actually without Kara so I'm one half of the podcast. If this should be the first episode that you stumble upon of our podcast don't worry it's not normally like this it's not normally just me. I'm Leo so I'm one half of the podcast and Sadly, we didn't find any time this week to record together, so because I had a Sunday free, I was like, okay, let me just do a little bit of a solo episode because a lot of you guys know that I am absolutely obsessed (laughs) with books and I always want to talk about it, but we never really found the time in like an episode together, so and I know that lots of you guys are also interested in reading and books, so I thought I would take the chance to today talk you through like some of my favorite books and I don't know I also just wanted to take the time or use the chance to just I don't know spill a bit of like what's been on my mind recently just in general and yeah I also asked on my Instagram oh my god I'm on my own like what should I record so thank you to everyone who replied to the story it was really helpful and yeah so basically just an overview for this episode. I'm first just gonna give you guys a little bit of a life catch-up and I don't know, I just feel like I've been overthinking a lot ever since, I don't know, not really in the new year, but I've just been struggling with overthinking and this is not a new thing, this is I think something I've always struggled with and it kind of just goes in like ebbs and flows and waves and like I spoke about in my 2021 recap episode I think in that episode we did it's been worse ever since I got into a new relationship just because I I think everybody has different issues that they struggle with and I think for me a lot of the issues that I overthink about are because of my past relationship so then being in a new relationship I've just noticed myself overthinking a little bit more but then I've also been trying to analyze myself because I, and again, we've spoken about this, that me and Kara have both kind of struggled with kind of disordered eating and body image issues in the past. And I don't know if this is true. I'm not a psychologist. (laughs) I don't want to like psychologically analyze myself. But I almost feel like, because my brain used to be, when I was a teenager, my brain used to be really obsessed with this notion of, you know, overthinking food or exercise and you know, spending lots of my thoughts and energy on those topics, which I'm so glad that I don't do that anymore. But I almost feel like my brain has replaced that sort of overthinking with something new. And my mom has said this to me several times that she just feels like I don't allow myself to be happy. Like quite often, even though everything is happy and dandy in my life, I'll like find some reason to overthink. I feel like this sounds really negative at the moment. And That's not to say that I'm not happy right now because actually I feel like I'm the proudest I've been of myself at the moment and I'm, I feel like I'm finally building, I I feel like I'm becoming the version of myself that I'm meant to be. I I know that sounds a bit cringy, but (laughs) that's how I feel and I'm really proud of like the life that I'm building. I think I'm definitely the happiest in my relationships like friendship family and romantic that I've ever been and my career as well the job that I'm in and even just where I'm living I I live in London at the moment and I don't know I think I've I am really really 
just I think proud is the right word like I'm proud of myself and like the steps that I'm taking but I feel like it would I, I just think it's so easy to get into that like highlight reel when you're talking about your life or you're seeing things on Instagram and stuff like that and I guess that's always what the podcast we want it to be is just like kind of a glimpse behind the curtain a glimpse into like what we do still struggle with on a on a regular basis so I thought I would speak about that and yeah I guess kind of like a a little bit of like a mini catch-up as to where I've been or what's been happening so I was in Germany over Christmas and then I went to Las Vegas for a business trip which was absolutely insane let's just put it that way (laughs) um and then I was again in in Germany for another week and then I went back to London so I arrived like last Sunday so yeah exactly a week ago and even though I was really sad to leave home because I don't know I think people will understand this who have also left home aren't living with family anymore especially if it's in a different country it's just so strange um to realize in a weird way the sacrifices you're making to not be living at home and to miss so many days and memories and bonding time that you want to have with your family because they're so important but at the same time I'm also really glad to be back because I feel like you know when you're living on your own this is like the time to put my new year's resolutions into action so I really want to so my word of the year is love so and I kind of want to just incorporate love into everything I'm doing right into loving myself more cooking for myself like love in terms of spending good time with friends and also in terms of like how I treat my body so like I mentioned before right with like unhealthy relationships to exercise I want to start moving my body in a healthy way because I feel like the last year or the last two years kind of were very much about healing my relationship with exercise and food and realizing really making myself aware of the fact that I can eat whatever I want and I can move how little I want and the world is not going to crash and burn you know I feel like this sounds like maybe dramatic to people who haven't (laughs) suffered as I don't know if that's the right word but I feel like it is truly suffering if it's like you know every day you wake up and you feel like you have to exercise otherwise I don't even know what I thought like would happen if I didn't exercise one day but I just think you get into like these you know guilt spirals a little bit so last year really was about unlearning that for me like unlearning that I had to exercise a certain amount to be eating in a normal way or to, you know, go out for food or to eat desserts and stuff like that. And also just freeing myself even more from the notion that I should be eating in a certain way. And I'm actually really proud of how far I've come with that. So I do really feel like I have food freedom and I don't obsess over exercise anymore. So then this year I was like, okay, But that doesn't mean that like I shouldn't move at all because that's probably like not that healthy either. Because I do enjoy the feeling of exercising and like the endorphins you get after and that feeling of like accomplishment and especially like if you do it in a social manner. So what I've been doing this week since I've been back is I signed up for this thing called Class Pass. Well, it's only a trial, but I've I've been liking it so far, which means I can go up to like different classes around London And I've been doing that with a friend. So we went to spin last week and I think we're going to go to spin again tomorrow. (laughs) And I met a girl there. The connect, I feel like honestly connection, friendship connections when you're an adult are so strange. But basically my friend who I went to spin with, 
<laughs> had met this girl at a party and she was like, oh, I go to spinning at this place. So then I met her there as well. And then she invited us to this running club that they do like every Sunday, like a really chill 5K run through like our local park. And then afterwards they get coffee. So that's what I did this morning. And it was so nice because it's, I, I think that's what I really want to make exercise about for me now, about like finding joy in something and making it a social activity and something that I'm actually like looking forward to. So yeah, that's one thing which I think is really good. Also, I signed up for HelloFresh. So I cooked only one meal so far. I enjoyed the cooking process, but I didn't cook it that well. <laughs> so I feel like that wasn't the best experience. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna judge HelloFresh based on that one meal. So I'm gonna cook my second meal with my flatmate today. So I will report back. But yeah, like I said about kind of the whole overthinking again, I feel like I just the, the past week kind of before I arrived in London and in the first couple of days, I was just overthinking more than I normally do. And it just, it always feels so frustrating to me because in my head, I'm like, oh, I should be past this already. You know, like, why is this happening again? And, you know, because I rationally know so much better than to overthink. Like, you know, I have listened to so many podcasts, so many books about this whole topic. And I know that there is no value in overthinking. And all you're doing is torturing your mind with things that you can't control or can't change anymore. But I feel like it's so much easier said than done, you know, to be like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll just stop then. <laughs> um, you know, if, if we could stop it that easily, then I'm sure we all would. I feel like it's almost like my brain trying to protect myself because I feel like if I go into all of these like worst case scenarios or even like thinking about the past, I almost feel like my brain is subconsciously trying to protect me from the future, you know, because, oh, if I already think about the worst case scenario, then I'm not going to be disappointed when it does happen or, I don't know, it's very strange because it obviously doesn't help at all because <laughs> you, then you just, it means that you just like don't get to enjoy the present. But I think the last few days I've been feeling a lot better. So I wanted to share what's kind of helped me. I don't know if some of you guys are maybe also struggling with the same thing and hopefully maybe my experience can help a little bit or like always please DM me or us on, on the podcast and stuff and I'm more than happy to talk about it and because I don't know I feel like it's so my first point about like how I feel like I've kind of gotten myself out of that like overthinking bra I always feel like it's like a spiral you know it's so easy to like go down that spiral once you're in it. But I think what really helped me this past couple of days since I feel back is spending more time with like my my genuine real friends and having deep conversations. But then also just honestly communicating that the fact that I was overthinking and not only with my friends, also, you know, with, with family and my boyfriend. And I feel like that's so important. And I know it's so much easier said than done again because... I think I used to be the sort of person, I think, I know, I used to be the sort of person who, you know, I found it really easy to talk about like superficially hard things in my life, but then the things that were like deep down, you know, that deep down were upsetting me and that were bothering me. Like for example, the the time when I was really obsessed with, with food and controlling my diet, it took me a long time to talk about that with anyone. And now I speak quite openly about it and about like a lot of things that are going on in my life. I mean, clearly I'm the cheap 
putting it on the podcast um for the internet to hear but I just feel like that came with like time and the experience of knowing that actually as soon as you speak about it with someone it somehow becomes less heavy and less scary and you kind of don't I mean obviously you will still have to face it alone because it's in your own brain but it just makes you feel that little bit less alone and also because I think we're our own worst critics so we judge ourselves so harshly and I feel like we even judge ourselves for overthinking and then just talking about it to somebody at least for me helps me feel less judged and like less shameful because I think the longer you keep things inside the more you convince yourself of the fact that it's like other people shouldn't know this about you or it's like you know you should be ashamed of the fact that you're thinking xyz and I also think with that comes like trying to shift my perspective so what I feel like has helped a lot for me in this instance has been reading fiction books weirdly and I think that's because of like my love for stories and books like ever since I was young books have been like the one thing that just take me out of my own world and just make me feel I don't know a piece like I feel like I'm the most myself when I'm reading you know just like me with like a matcha or a cup of tea in the mornings or in the evenings like curled up cozy with a book and with these characters that feel like in that moment they're not only my friends they're like I don't know this alternative universe and life that I'm like entering in and I think I hadn't read fiction in a while um as in because I was reading some non-fiction books over the new year and then I started reading fiction again and I was like oh wow like this is, it's just escapism I think on another level but I don't think it's unhealthy escapism it's not like you just forget all about your problems or anything like that I think it just like shifts your perspective which is why I also think that people who read more in a weird way are more empathetic because you learn to put yourself in like other people's shoes and then also podcast episodes so one of my like all-time favorites that I've talked about on the podcast before is the how to fail interview so Elizabeth Day does a podcast hosts a podcast which is called how to fail and she interviewed Mo Gowda which honestly if you haven't listened to that episode yet it's, he's one of the most inspiring people I've ever listened to and just his his story and like his mission and his view on life are I don't know I just think incredible and I listened this past week to an interview with him on Kagi Dunlop's podcast which is called Kagi's World is it I'm lying it's not called Kagi's World <laughs> it's called Saturn Returns <laughs> just ignore me but yeah Morgada any podcast you'll find with him are absolutely incredible because he just has the most profound perspective on life and people's problems and then also fingers crossed this is a podcast host by hosted by like two best friends who are called Sierra and Christy and I just think it's I always find it funny if I listen to like two you know podcasts hosted by two best friends because I always have to think of like me and Cara and I just really like the vibe of like these like chatty girly podcasts and I don't know it just makes me feel like they're my friends and I know that they don't know who I am but you know I still <laughs> feel that way and they did an episode their most recent episode which is called these four steps will change your life and it was kind of like a book club episode where they talk about a book called the four agreements which I actually now want to read and let me know if you'd be interested in maybe us doing like a book club once every couple months where like we announce what book we're gonna read on our Instagram and then or even on the podcast and then you know we we discuss it in one episode 
And yeah, in one of the parts that really stood out to me in that episode was the idea that we should be living our lives as if we were coming back from the dead, getting to relive every day. So it's kind of like you're thinking about you're already a ghost and then then you're reliving your days. Okay, what would you do in that day to live it to the fullest? Like already knowing the consequences and like, I guess the irrelevance of what you're overthinking. And just in general, remembering our own mortality, beginning each day with first realizing how special it even is that we get to wake up every day. And then not only that, like we get to be ourselves every day. You know, we get to wake up, be ourselves, live our lives and I don't know, have all the connections and stuff that we do. That kind of also reminds me of like another notion that I find really helpful, which is just that I've never wanted to be somebody other than me. And I think it's sometimes good to remember that even though, you know, you might have like your own struggles that you're going through at the moment, you know, think about, okay, but would you want to be anyone else? You know, would you would you actually want to trade lives with somebody else and not know your family, not know your friends in the, in the way that you do or not have the relationships that you do, not have the knowledge and experience that you have uniquely? So I don't know, some, some interesting things that I've been consuming this week. And again, I think that just shows that you, there's so much crap that you can consume on the internet like social media and stuff. And I've really been trying to minish, diminish, minish. I just keep making up random words. I've been trying to minimize that. That's the word I was looking for. I've been trying to minimize that this week. And then instead kind of trying to consume good content, you know, things that actually like fill my soul and make me feel good. And yeah. So let's move on to the book section. Very exciting. The first category I wanted to say my two favorites in is kind of like self-help. So nonfiction, self-help. And the first book, which I swear I've talked about a million times, but I just can't talk about books without talking about this one. It's called The Book of Moods by Lauren Martin. And I recommend this book to every woman in my life. It's been like my classic present that I've given away for most birthdays or I even gave it at a we did like a work secret Santa so I gave it to the girl I pulled in my work secret Santa (laughs) and I think it's just a book that any woman in her 20s 30s maybe even any age would benefit from reading Lauren so this is kind of her own experience and she talks about different negative emotions aka moods how she describes it that she experiences and she analyzes them and ultimately takes the reader on her journey of solving them, learning how to deal better with them. And she does this by using quotes of other inspirational women, as well as kind of analyzing it psychologically through her research that she's done. So I feel like it's that, I really like that combo of having, you know, the facts through through science and making you really understand why you might be experiencing something, but then also her own experience, which then just makes it so relatable. And the way she writes, honestly, I have never felt so understood and seen by a book. So I just think for any woman who might be experiencing different emotions in their day-to-day, honestly. One, 10 out of 10 recommend. Then the second book is called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. This is by Katherine Gray. So it's obviously a book about her journey to sobriety and it 
again has that balance between using facts and kind of talking about a lot of psychological reasons you know of how how alcohol affects your brain why it affects it and you know the impact it has and also talking even about history and you know why culture or our societies see alcohol in a certain way but I don't feel like this is necessarily just for people who want to become sober I just think it's a great book to kind of use it to self-reflect on one's relationship to alcohol and then also the way society treats it. I read this last year at the beginning because I was doing Dry Jan and but it's one of those books which is why I'm including it in this list. All of the books I'm including in this in this list are books that I would reread so that's just yeah that's one note to say. <laughs> so yeah, it just made me think a lot. It made me reflect a lot about my own relationship to alcohol, which I'm still examining myself and how I want to include it in my life in like a healthy way, as in mentally healthy way. I know that it's physically unhealthy <laughs> in probably whatever way you incorporate it. But yeah, just, I mean, that's to say like, I'm not sober myself. I, I drink on a semi-regular basis. I wouldn't say, you know, I don't like binge drink every weekend, but I definitely, you know, get tipsy, sometimes drunk from time to time with my friends. And I still really enjoy that book. And I think it's just really interesting. So the next genre I wanted to talk about is psychological thrillers. And I feel like this is a genre of books that I don't read that often. But when I do read a good psychological thriller, like there's just something about it where you're like that. I feel like that is true escapism because it's so, I don't know, you know, those really good books which just make your skin crawl and you can't stop reading it because you want to get to the end so bad because you need to know what happens and just so many twists and turns and incredible. So the first one is actually one that I didn't read last year. I've read it quite a while ago. I think 2019. But it's called The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. I feel like this is a very popular book. I feel like a lot of people have read it or watched the movie. But if you haven't read the book yet, I can highly recommend. It's a really captivating and just like, you know, that goose pump inducing read. It's actually got, I feel like I would describe it as like a similar vibe to Gone Girl, which again, I also really like that book. And it tells the story of a woman who catches the same commuter train every morning and she always passes the same house. So she kind of starts building this narrative in her head around this young couple who live there and like how they're living this perfect life. And until one day she sees something that happens in this house that kind of makes her a part of their story. So that's as much as I'm gonna say without giving any spoilers. I'm not gonna give any spoilers about any of the books. So, so that you can still read it. <laughs> and um, yeah, then the second book I wanna recommend is called Magpie by Elizabeth Day. So again, the same woman that actually does the podcast I was speaking about earlier, she also writes fiction. And this is the first fiction book I've read. I think, yeah, this was the first book nonstop, nonstop, full stop that I read by her. But it's super sinister. But like, again, just an incredible book that like made my skin crawl in the best way. And it's a book about motherhood, about greed, obsession, and it kind of follows this happy couple, which is trying to have a baby and encounters this woman who takes a kind of unhealthy, obsessive interest in their personal lives. And the third book I want to recommend is called Verity by Colleen Hoover. 
First of all, I need to say that anything written by Colleen Hoover is absolutely phenomenal. I don't think I've read a single book by her that I haven't enjoyed. I just really like her writing style. So in any of the other categories, I'm not actually directly mentioning Colleen Hoover, but she writes incredible romance books. Yeah, I've actually just ordered her newest book and I'm so excited to read it because like, you just know she's not gonna disappoint. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, I think this book especially, is really good for somebody who's like looking to get into books because it's not or even looking to get into Colleen Hoover because it's not really long but it's really gripping and it has a good balance of suspense but also romance and in essence it's about a struggling writer who accepts an offer to ghostwrite a super famous author's sort of remaining books as part of a series and because this author's injured and she ends up finding the author's unwritten autobiography in her house with kind of like some really bone chilling admissions and she also develops feelings for the author's husband so I feel like that kind of tells you all you need to know (laughs) then the third genre I want to speak about is one of my favorite genres actually it's fantasy so I feel like I was one of those teens who grew up with fantasy books And even like dystopian books like Hunger Games, Divergent, and all of these books and series that I'm now going to recommend give me a similar vibe to that. And I think that's probably why I love this genre so much. It's almost nostalgic in a way because I think it reminds me of like being, being a teenager and reading this type of fantasy books, which just like take you into a completely different world. And the first series is A Court of Thorns and Roses. I think a lot of people know this, but if you don't, it's by Sarah J Maas. She does a lot of great book series, honestly. I think she's like one of my favorite fantasy writers, as in the ones that I've read recently. And this is like the one fantasy romance series I recommend to anyone now. So it's just, it's super romantic, very steamy actually at times, which I kind of enjoy. It's suspenseful and it's just like set in this incredible world that you kind of get to explore in six different books. And it's one of those where you really get to know the different characters and the books don't only follow kind of the the main character. They also then start following like side characters and their romance stories. So I love that. And just to give a very short intro about the first book, it follows the mortal Feyre. I'm definitely butchering her name. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it. Feyre, Feyre. It's it's spelled F-E-Y-R-E. So basically she accidentally kills a fairy and then as a punishment finds herself hostage in the mystical lands of Prithian, which is a, a fairy land. And she's actually held captive by a fairy himself. But after some time, she realizes that actually things turn out to be different than they seem at first. So again, you know, lots of twists and turns in this book series and it kind of always just like keeps you on your toes. Then the second series is from Blood and Ash. This is written by Jennifer Armentrout and it took me a little bit longer to get into the series actually. Like I feel like it took me a bit into like the the first book. But again, it just pulls you into an incredible world and like especially by the second and third book, I was so hooked. There's sadly like the next one isn't out, the fourth one, so I'm, I'm just dying to read (laughs) the next one but it follows the maiden poppy so she was chosen from birth to kind of usher in a new era and she because she's the maiden is not allowed to be looked at not allowed to be spoken to or touched 
But then everything changes when a new guard comes into her life and a fallen kingdom seeks to rise again. <laughs> um, I, I feel so funny, like, writing the, like, reading out these little synopsis that I've written. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you get the gist of them. And then also by Sarah J. Maas. Actually, the, the series that I'm reading right now, I'm on the third book. It's called Throne of Glass. So I've not finished the series yet, so I can't really give a comprehensive review, but I'm really liking it. The fourth and second to last genre, which is my favorite, always has been, probably always will. I've read so many romance books in my life. And so yeah, I think I'm just gonna narrow down to the ones I've read in 2021 because they're kind of the ones freshest in my mind. The first one is The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood. And if I had to encapsulate this book into a couple words, it would be cute, feel good, and just the warmest, fuzziest feelings. I think, again, if you are looking to get into reading again and just are kind of looking for like a quick, lighthearted read, this is definitely the book. And it just puts you, at least it put me in like such a good and happy mood. I feel like it's very hard to be upset when you're reading this because it's just such a wholesome story. And yeah, it just give, it gave me all the teenage butterfly feels that I, I wanted out of this book. And yeah, it, it follows a PhD student called Olive and she obviously doesn't believe in long lasting relationships. And then she semi-accidentally starts having a fake relationship with a professor who is obviously hot and young <laughs> at her university. And she obviously thinks he is arrogant at first. Or at, okay, I'm not gonna say it first. She thinks he's arrogant and you know, she doesn't like him. And yeah, I think um, everyone who's read one single romance book or has watched a rom-com will be able to tell where the story goes. But I just, I love these sort of storylines and the hype is worth it. It definitely is. The second book I want to recommend is 28 Summers by Elin Hildebrand, who again, I think is just an incredible author. And this one is a bit more emotional, less lighthearted, but just incredibly beautiful. I felt really moved. It, it did make me a bit sad. I did cry at the end, but then again, I cry very easily at books. So this is a story that follows Mallory and Jake over 28 summers as they meet every single summer at the same time at the same beach house. And, you know, over the course of their story, everyone has their own life, their own kids, their own partners. But this secret love affair that they have has still somehow managed to survive over all these years. And the book tells the story of all of these summers from both of their perspectives. And as well as then what happens when they are faced with the realization that the 28th could actually be their last summer together. The third book I wanna recommend in the romance category is Before We Were Strangers by Renee Carlino. I really love this book. I feel like it was such a cute love story. Again, following a couple through time. And it's set in New York City, which, I don't know if other people can relate to me on this, but like I grew up with, you know, watching Gossip Girl and any sort of rom-com set in New York. And I just think I have such a romanticized view of the city and dating there. And I, I to be honest, I would love to move there one day, just like for a couple of years. But yeah, so I feel like that just made me love it even more. 
And yeah, the synopsis I found online, which I feel like sums it up perfectly, is a love story inspired by a Craigslist missed connections post about a guy who sees the girl who got away 10 years ago on a crowded NYC subway car just before it pulls away and everything he must do to find her. Then my fourth and last category I want to talk about is basically I have no name for it. I've called it in my notes, I've called it amazing stories. I can't tell which categories they should fall under. So yeah, that's literally, (laughs) that's literally the only thing I can say about this. I just couldn't really tell what they were. But yeah, so the first book in this category, this nondescript uh, matter diaries category I've just made up, is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owen. I feel like a lot of these book recommendations I'm giving are so, so obvious and like really hyped up books. But if you're like me, you've like heard of some of these books, but don't know if like you actually, if it's actually worth reading. So I'm here to tell you that in my opinion, and if you maybe have like already read some of the recs that I've given in this episode and you're like, oh yeah, I really like that book, then maybe we have like a same book taste. So I have like some of those people that I follow online who I know when they give me a book recommendation, I know I'm gonna like that book because I've liked loads of other books that they've read. So this is by Delia Owen. And it's actually the most recent book I've read before the fantasy one that I'm reading at the moment. And to be honest, I'll be perfectly frank and say that I mainly wanted to read it and I wished to get it for Christmas because I've just heard so much about it and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And it did take me quite a while to get into the book. So just to prepare you, especially because, you know, as you will be able to tell from what I've just been talking about, like I very much normally stay in the categories that I feel comfortable in, like romance, fantasy, maybe thriller, you know, self-help. And this is a... Like I said, I don't even know what category this is in. But once I was in the story, which I would say, I feel like was kind of like maybe a a third in, a quarter in. And I was just, I was hooked by the way it's written, the beauty of the story and the completely unique characters. The book follows Kaya, who is known as the Marsh Girl in her small town. And also the search for the killer of the town's favorite handsome man, Chase Adams. So I think again, the Waterstones description is very accurate. It says, where the crawdads sing is at once an exquisite ode to the natural world, a heartbreaking coming of age story and a surprising tale of a possible murder. Owens reminds us that we are forever shaped by the children we once were and that we are all subject to the beautiful and violent secrets that nature keeps. Because again, she weaves in a lot of descriptions about nature, about the marsh, and nature plays a very big role in this book, which I think is a really unique touch to a book that I've never really had before. And even the character in itself is very unlike any sort of character that I've read about in a different book, especially as a as a narrator. And then the second and third book, I'm kind of just like gonna lump together because they're both by the same author. Another one of my favorite authors, I've never read a book of hers that I didn't like, Taylor Jenkins Reid. And again, these are kind of like books which were super hyped up, but I really, really enjoyed them. Daisy Jones and the Six and The Seven Husbands of e- Evelyn Hugo. And both, I feel like are like, the perfect way to describe this is they're intoxicatingly written. And the characters just make you fall in love with them, hate them, want to be friends with them, 
all at once. And above all, she has this way of writing that really makes you feel like you're in the story and the characters that she's writing in, they surely must be real. Like they're written in such, especially Daisy Jones and the Six is written in kind of like an interview style. And I was like that, when I first heard about it, I was like, that's going to be so strange. Like, I don't think I'll be able to get into it. But by the kind of middle of the, or the end of the book, you really feel like, okay, this is a real band. Like this, this exists. These people have to be real. And it's kind of, it's mind blowing to me how she manages that. I think all of these authors that I talked about today, I just think it's such a special ability. If you write yourself, then props to you. I just think it's such an amazing gift to create stories and characters which make other people feel like they're real and they know them and I just think it's incredible which is why because I'm one of um I think a couple of you on Instagram were talking about like oh you know books that were turned into movies or um you know books that should still be turned into movies and I think that's why I find it so tricky when books are turned into movies I completely get why the industry does it because obviously the books will have a very loyal fan base and me as well like if I know that one of my favorite books is going to become a movie I'll obviously be curious to watch it but I think it's so hard to live up to the reader's expectations because books are so special in the way that every single person reading it will have their own idea of what the characters look like of what the scenery looks like of what the people are and you know how their interactions are like even the costumes and everything in their own head so you're never going to be able to put those details and like to make all of those readers expectations come into real life because even if you as a director make your own vision come to life it's not going to be the vision of the reader so I think they're kind of bound to disappoint I think the only really good adaptation I've seen because again I think it's so hard to encapsulate even the vibe of a book and the only really good oh I'm not gonna say the only my favorite adaptation of a book that I've read that got made into some sort of thing on tv is Normal People by Sally Rooney again a really good book I read it over lockdown and she has also an incredibly unique writing style of like she doesn't use any quotation marks so you you kind of don't really know who's speaking and it's very like short sentences and everything I actually really want to read her her latest book I've got it on my shelf (laughs) I just keep buying new books that I want to read so then it's just it's just a never-ending cycle it's bad I have to stop um but yeah so basically that book got made into a tv series um by the BBC and I think it really managed to encapsulate the vibe of the book perfectly. I think also because it's a TV series, it was able to get that detail in because I think sometimes it's really hard. I remember watching the first Hunger Games movie when I was like, I don't know, 16. I don't even know how, how old I was, but I was in my teens. And I remember going with my friend who we both loved the book. And we were so disappointed because it just like, you didn't get that detail. You didn't get that depth of the characters that you that you got when you were reading the book. Because obviously a lot of books have like you get the inner monologue of the narrator if it's written by from a first person perspective and you can't get that unless you you know it's like a, a you series where you've actually got the kind of narrator narrating their thoughts out but most of these like especially like fantasy style movies you obviously don't get that insight into the person's brain so it feels like a lot of and then they would you know they obviously missed out a lot of scenes or details because like time wise you just can't in a movie yeah I feel like that's why often it can so easily be disappointing um or be a letdown 
I've also heard that A Core of Thorns and Roses, which I talked about, is gonna, or maybe even right now, is being made into a series. So I'm like equally super excited and very scared. It's then hard because then when you go back to the books, you can't help but think of the characters as the ones that are played by, you know, how it's played in the movie or the series. So if you don't like the book or, uh, if you don't like the series or the movie, it kind of like inevitably not destroys it a little bit, but it kind of just like alters the way you see the book or you read the book and, and the characters. So this was this was my little ramble about books and movies and my thoughts. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna just have to stop talking because otherwise I'm gonna talk forever and I feel like I've already talked for way too long. But I hope that you enjoyed and I hope that you'll read one of my recommendations because I don't know, I can honestly all of the ones I've mentioned I recommend wholeheartedly. And please let me know if either you read anything I've recommended or talked about today or if you have read any of the books I've read today and like your own thoughts I'll absolutely not be offended if like you disagree with my opinion because again that's a thing with books and anything creative that exists in this world like people are just gonna have different opinions it's completely subjective so something that I like you might have hated or you might have a different perspective on So talking about books and discussing them is one of my favorite things. (laughs) I'm going to end this episode by sharing the quote that was on my tea. (laughs) So I'm drinking yogi tea at the moment, which if you don't know, it always comes with a mini quote on on the paper bit of the tea bag. And I just love that aspect of it. It makes me really happy because I'm always like, oh, like a mini oracle for the day. Today's quote on the tea bag was... Peace of mind comes piece by piece, which I feel like is actually really fitting of what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode of kind of not being too hard on yourself because you might be going through a tough time right now or you might be having thought patterns that you thought you had already gotten rid of so far and I don't know, just be a bit kinder to yourself and realize that healing is not linear and it's all just step by step, like that's all we can kind of try and do, you know, try and be the best versions of ourselves, try and work on the things that, you know, we know we can improve on to become happier and better versions of ourselves and I think as long as we're doing that, as long as we're every day trying to work on ourselves, even if that's just like becoming more self-aware through journaling or even just like sitting with your mind for five minutes in silence, I think then we're doing what we can do. So yeah, this is my my note to you to please be kind to yourself this week, today, when you're listening to this and realize that you're just a human in this world of humans who are all kind of messes in themselves and you are uniquely you and that's so special. And yeah, that's all I have to say. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to chatting again next week with Kara back on board and then it's gonna be like the Matcha Diaries again because it really does feel strange without her so yeah bye